I don't exactly have a spreadsheet of details on donors, nephews, and how they're doing in college, but that'll be one of our Kickstarter stretch goals. I'm Eric Wilson, managing partner of Startup Caucus, an investment fund and incubator for Republican campaign technology. Welcome to the Business of Politics show. On this podcast, we bring you into conversation with the entrepreneurs who are building best-in-class political businesses, the funders who provide the capital, and the operatives who put it all together to win campaigns. In today's conversation, we speak with Elliot Nelson, a political journalist formerly with HuffPost, who has launched a Kickstarter project called Political Arena. It's a comprehensive video game about politics. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Elliot, you launched your Kickstarter with an attack ad. Where did you get that idea from? We knew going into this that video games carry with them several unique qualities. One is video games remain the final entertainment medium that hasn't really tackled politics in any meaningful way. And the second is also that people, by virtue of it being new, a comprehensive video game about politics is going to raise a lot of eyebrows. And so we kind of wanted to attack that head on, quite literally, by attacking ourselves. We let people know from the outset that this is a game that's going to have all of the ups and downs, all of the attitude of politics, both the good and the bad, the funny and the tragic. And this wasn't going to be some kind of lobotomized educational game (laughs) that's overly pedagogical or anything like that. You know, that has all of the high and low drama, but also, frankly, some of the outsized drama of politics. And what better example of that than political attack ads with the lame stock images and overly dramatized caricatures of their opponents. Uh, In this case, we seem to really zero in on my larger than normal head. But we want to let people know that this wasn't just going to be some sort of dull affair because politics is anything, as you well know, but dull. Elliot, you mentioned that video games haven't touched the political topic. How does this differ from other titles we've seen like the Civilization series, Mm -hmm. um, Tropico, even SimCity? Talk about what's different and what your approach is that makes it unique to said, hey, I need to start a, a different game here. I am a lifelong fan of strategy and simulation video games, including several of the ones you mentioned. I love both Civilization and Tropico. And it always boggled my mind that there wasn't a similarly immersive experience about politics. There have been video games about U.S. politics, but these fall into several categories that aren't really that satisfying for kind of what we're trying to do. You know, every four years in a presidential election year, you get a bunch of titles that let you move your bobblehead Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump around a map for a few turns. And then you have games like Civilization, where you are this sort of omnipotent leader that can build brigades of tanks with a click of a button. But there was never really a game that, for lack of a better term, felt like The Sims or SimCity or NBA 2K of politics. And so in political arena, the game we're creating, you create your own politician, just like you might create a wizard in a fantasy game or an athlete in an EA sports game. You customize their views, their personalities, their backgrounds, including what, if any, skeletons they have in their closet. And you enter them into a fully simulated political world, complete with legislating and campaigning and scandals and media cycles and special interests. And just exactly how you go about this is up to you. First and foremost is the level you play at. You can play at any level of federal politics, ranging from a candidate to the House to a sitting president. And the sort of narrative that you try and write for yourself, 
populist firebrand, legislative lion, is again kind of not only just up to you and the character you create, but also how this rich political ecosystem that we are creating responds to your character. There's an article that someone just posted about us that highlighted that this is a game where you can create a Nancy Pelosi type liberal in Mississippi or a firebrand conservative in San Francisco. That and, serious you know, impacts for your ability to win, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know, it, it is the sort of experience that interacts with you truly. You know, this is not just sort of a scripted thing where the same 10 things are going to pop up every time you play. You know, we're going to be creating a truly rich amount of game events of disparate parts, including constituent blocks and special interest groups that just like a sports video game, you know, the AI is going to make sure that these things never quite unfold the same way twice. Let's pull back just a little bit and talk about what's the hardest thing about capturing the essence of, of politics in these game mechanics? Well, I think for us, it's balance. You know, how do you get everything in the right proportion uh, to say nothing of how do you make sure that things are calibrated correctly, right? You know, on the calibration front, you want to make sure that if a freshman member of Congress gives a speech, it won't necessarily upend our entire politics. Mm. But you also have to allow for those exceptions to those moments. You know, you have to allow for an AOC type figure who can kind of come out of the blue and, you know, within very little time really make themselves a presence in the political arena. But then, of course, with balance, you know, there is so much in every constituent part of politics, whether it is the legislating, the lobbying that is so rich in material that we have to, that we're not concerned about finding enough material there will always be enough material the challenge is making sure that we don't focus too much on one thing at the detriment of the others got it and so one of the things that's really tough and i share this piece of advice with campaign staff all the time is that not everything that a winning campaign did was right and not everything that a losing campaign did was wrong how do you account for those different things that are just factors of environment or are simply beyond the candidate's control? The extent to which that this game is educational is both profound and limited. It is profound in the sense that the lessons you can draw from it are very significant that go to the heart of how do we understand and interact with our democracy. But it's very tiny in the sense of this game isn't framed educationally. And really the only way that we do that is by simply making a vivid recreation of this exciting sphere. And to get to the sort of heart of your question, that people will want to go back to time and again. And so in terms of how do people develop an intuitive understanding of what works and what doesn't will really come from those repeated playthroughs. And also kind of to your point about how do you sometimes draw the lesson that there are just external things you can't deal with. Politics is very good at those. You know, there will be those moments where some member of your party does something so outrageous, so damaging to anyone even in their own party, that it clearly ends up tanking other people's campaigns. And that's just going to be one of those experiences now and then that players, hopefully for them, won't actually have to experience themselves, but will see unfold. And the nice thing about a video game versus real life politics is that you don't have to wait two years to see how a congressional <laughs> campaign unfolds. Right. You know, you can really run through a single election cycle in this game in a matter of 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the sort of speed settings you have on. And so you can really kind of see these things unfold time and again in a relatively short period of, of time and draw those lessons from that. 
So Elliot, give us a, a little sense of the gameplay. What are the different elements that come into play, whether that's TV advertising, the media, mm-hmm. data, all the different facets that, that go into a modern political campaign? Well, to, to your point, I mean, there are so many facets, you know, and to give sort of a, a brief example, we have about 10 to 20 minutes of gameplay that, that we've sort of been showing people that we use to create our first trailer. And in it, we have a, a politician that the player creates named Elizabeth Stone. She is a very promising, very capable Democratic lawmaker for Maine, you know, who really holds true to certain ideals. In this particular case, there is a key piece of legislation that she wants to see through Congress. But then suddenly, as she is, you know, launching upon this exciting senatorial career, there are murmurs in the media about her qualities to be president. And she can see this in the media page of the game. She can see that she's gaining traction, her fame levels are going up. And suddenly she starts to get solicitations from special interests and Mm. folks who using the game's negotiation system say, hey, listen, if you drop that legislation, this mega donor analog will definitely support your campaign and be a major financial windfall for you. And so what ends up happening is you see the player in this having to sort of deal with these real life considerations. You know, do I pick the most qualified person to be my running mate when Elizabeth Stone launches on her campaign? Does she pick the underwhelming guy with a lot of skeletons in his closet, but who is a favorite of certain financial interests? And so to your question, I mean, what we're trying to do is create something in which people don't just see politics through a particular lens of campaigning or special interests, but really the fact that this is a holistic endeavor Mm -hmm. in which there are a lot of different plates to sort of spin at the same time. And I should add that one thing that politics, well, politics, for one thing, translates to video games very well for any number of reasons. But I think the most important in terms of bringing this to a large audience is that it lends itself very well to onboarding. We think about your standard prototypical member of Congress. You know, I am the seventh most successful telecom executive in the greater Tucson area. (laughs) Therefore, I am the first among equals. I must go to Congress and be the leader that I was born to be. Well, You know, there are certainly some overlaps between being a telecom executive and government, but not enough that that first among equals is going to arrive in Washington and know what to do. And as you and anyone familiar with politics well knows, there ends up being a lot of handholding. There's handholding from leadership. There's handholding from party officials. There's handholding potentially from some particularly influential donors. And what ends up happening to a lot of people is they just kind of do what they're told for a while until they really develop a more intuitive understanding of how it all works. And in terms of the game's UI and UX, that's very much how it works too, is that you can sort of play passively until you start to really get a feel for it. You know, there'll be alerts saying, hey, you should maybe think about opening up more campaign offices. You should really think about asking this person for money. You should really think about putting more campaign resources into this particular thing. And after a while, you sort of will find yourself growing from just a more standard freshman to a much savvier operator. You'll be going from freshman lawmaker X into a Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell the more you play. Got it. It sounds like some really rich gameplay, so I'm excited to get my hands on it. And one thing that comes to mind is we've seen that SimCity actually had quite the effect on urban planners of a certain mm-hmm. generation. Uh, so I'm wondering if, if we'll see the same West Wing effect on uh, politicos uh, some sometime in the future because of this game. 
You're listening to the Business of Politics show. We're speaking today with political journalist and entrepreneur Elliot Nelson, who is the founder of Political Arena. It's a video game about politics and it's currently in development. So Elliot, I want to shift gears now to the business side of this project, which is also very interesting. So you went to the Kickstarter platform, as we mentioned, and you've raised, as of this recording, almost $30,000 towards a $100,000 goal. Why did you decide to go with a crowdfunding model? We have, I would say, a somewhat unorthodox business life cycle. Your standard video game company usually begins in one of several ways. You have a single software engineer, a handful of them, either create their first game and then welcome in tons of capital to make concurrent or subsequent games. Or if you have a single engineer make the prototype of a game and then kind of receive capital or something else to go on and finish that game and make future games. The reason that this sort of game hasn't really existed to date, has nothing to do with the market for it, has nothing to do with the technical feasibility for it. I mean, frankly, the tech behind this is 25 years old. It's mm -hmm. the same thing that more or less made SimCity. It's the same thing that made Civilization. But that the people that know politics on average don't really know how to code. And I know given the audience that <laughs> listens to this, this is maybe the exception, but by and large, that's the case. And by and large, people who do know how to code or certainly that make video games tend not to have a lot of upfront experience with politics. And so for us, we really kind of wanted to we kind of had to create a kind of patchwork funding regime for this. We've had a sort of rolling family and friends round uh, up till now, which has sort of allowed us to get to where we are. And then we sort of are at a point at this point where we can probably get a very bare bones version of the game out to Steam Early Access, um, which is going to be kind of our first stop on our product roadmap. But the wonderful thing about Kickstarter is while we don't expect it to end up providing all the capital we'll need to get us from that early access all the way to a general release, is it's a wonderful tool for audience development. There are a few things out there that can really get people to sort of show up and identify themselves as folks who are really interested in following the full life cycle of your product. It's not perfect. You know, to be frank, strategy and sim video games like Political Arena tend not to start their life cycles on Kickstarter. Uh, you tend to see a lot of uh, sort of life sim games. You see a lot of uh, massively multiplayer kind of fantasy games. Not a lot of strategy and simulation games, despite their continued popularity. But we still, despite that, um, really didn't want to uh, miss the opportunity to really start early and identifying folks who will be interested in this community. Because when you're developing a kind of new product like this, having a really engaged player base, I think, is going to be crucial for, for building this out in future years. Well, I'm really excited that you did because it wouldn't have been on my radar either. And, you know, I'm excited to have backed the project on Kickstarter and, and really excited to play. Do you have sympathy now for all those campaigns and the fundraising emails they have to send out all the time? <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. You know, I haven't had to be placed into a drab meeting room at the RNC or DNC and dial for dollars quite yet, but I'm sure that's going to be in my future at some point. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're, you're, really, you're really taking the kayfabe to the next level um, yeah. <laughs> with, with this project. <laughs> I know exactly. I don't exactly have a spreadsheet of, you know, details on donors, nephews and how they're doing in college. But you know, <laughs> that'll be one of our Kickstarter stretch goals. You've got a really impressive team helping you out on this. So I, I saw credits from Lucasfilms, The Walking Dead games and some political campaigns. Talk a little bit about how you recruited them. How did you get them sold on this project? 
I left HuffPost at the beginning of 2019, wanted to give myself a few months to take it easy after a decade of political reporting, not realizing that we would all be taking it easy in our homes and sweatpants the following year and two years. Trendsetter, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And after that, it really was just kind of finding one person whose credentials would lead me to another person. Our development team, Farbridge, is an Austin, Texas-based team led by the wonderful Patrick Curry, who has worked at Disney and Midway Games, among other places. You know, once Patrick came on board, then we were able to start working on sort of early materials for the game, which also caught the notice of Diana Williams and Dario Dizani, who are our co-producers. Diana has, is the one with the aforementioned time at, at Lucasfilm. Dario has worked at AMC Networks on Walking Dead franchises. Um, and, you know, these things just kind of, as I'm sure you know, begin to snowball to say nothing of just I have something of a reputation, however modestly in, in the D.C. political world of someone who's tried to make politics engrossing and entertaining for most of my career, which has also, I think, helped gin up a lot of excitement around here. I mean, the, the response from political folks and journalists since we announced our campaign has been overwhelming. I mean, folks at Virtually every major news outlet have, have tweeted or reached out. The number of staffers I've seen kind of remark positively about it has been wonderful. And I think that's really the culmination of several years of networking and really drawing people to the project. That's a really important lesson that I want to share with other entrepreneurs who may be listening is that it's not always clear where the payoff is going to come from. But building the network and treating people well and building a reputation pays dividends down the road. And, and Elliot, it's really fascinating just to hear kind of your transition from journalist to entrepreneur. And I'm, I'm curious to hear you ever envision that happening and or, or is it one of those things that just snowballed? I mean, you know, Eric, I, at risk of, of sounding too highfalutin, do view this as a kind of journalism. I do view this in some sense as a natural progression of the work I've done before. When I was at HuffPost, I was probably best known for starting and writing our cheeky email newsletter, HuffPost Hill. Um, that was a sort of sardonic, sometimes humorous look at the day's events that we'd publish in the evening. In 2016, St. Martin's Griffith published my book, The Beltway Bible, which is a humorous A to Z guide to politics. And so I've always been interested in how do we make the ins and outs of politics more accessible, both the sort of obviously profound things haggling over lower court nominees, but also bringing to light, you know, for example, political tech and the role that that plays. And as a lifelong gamer, this has been something that I've been thinking about for years. You know, what would this look like? And it really, for me, has, I think, like so many people's career developments been, yes, kind of a, a, a new thing but in many ways kind of falls under a larger umbrella of where my career has kind of been going to date. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you and just very selfishly fortunate that I'll get to benefit from that as a player of the game. So what do you hope that a player takes away from playing political arena? I don't think political arena is going to break any news, but what I do hope it does is it better calibrates people's understanding of politics. To say nothing of just being an incredibly fun, engrossing, dare I say, addictive video game that will ruin countless evening plans as, as you try and play for just one more hour. But from the sort of social side, I think one of the most overlooked problems in politics isn't that the information isn't out there. It's that the information isn't being calibrated well enough by people who do consume the news. You know, trying to learn about our political process by only watching or reading or listening to the news is a bit like trying to develop the skills needed to be a football coach by only watching SportsCenter. Um, you have to actually watch four quarters 
unfold countless times to really develop a feel for a sport. And that's the same with politics. But the problem is, is that most of politics, or most of it that matters, as you well know, is either completely hidden or obscured from public view, whether because it happens behind closed doors or it happens off camera. Um, and so for us, what we want people to come away with is just a more calibrated, holistic understanding of what matters and what doesn't and kind of in what proportion so that people can make more informed choices about voters. Because what is it that you're actually sending these people to do? You know, how can people who want to take a more proactive role with their citizenship, like how can they be most effective in that? And also, frankly, just kind of empowering people. You know, how can people approach politics with a similar savvy that insiders and lobbyists and grassroots activists do. Well, Elliot, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to wish you just the best of luck on your Kickstarter campaign and the, the project overall. The link to support this project on Kickstarter is in the show notes. I was excited to back it and can't wait to play it when it's available. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the Business of Politics show wherever you listen to podcasts and please share with your friends if you learn something new from today's conversation. We'll see you next time.